From CPRI and the CPRI Knowledge Hub, this is Research Minutes, a weekly look at new and important research in education. Today, in partnership with Phi Delta Kappen Magazine, we look into teacher perceptions and demands and the best methods to approach education in a stressed out nation. About one quarter of teachers leave the original position after only one year. So there's a, a high level of turnover that we think is very much linked to stress that's unusual for a profession that has that much training. That theme guides the November 2019 issue of Kappen. And today we welcome contributing author and University of Texas at Austin researcher, Chris McCarthy. McCarthy discusses findings from more than a decade of research into teacher stress. Across the board, what we found is support for the idea that teachers who have high demands in their classroom compared to their resources seem to report a very similar pattern of occupational health indicators. And some important takeaways for schools, policymakers, and educators attempting to reduce or prevent teacher stress. So part of what we call for is just more balancing and more support for teachers, particularly at those critical early uh, couple of years when they're just starting and when they're vulnerable to stress and reduced occupational health that could drive them out of the profession. That's right now on Research Minutes. Welcome to Research Minutes. I'm Keith Muller, Managing Editor of the CPRI Knowledge Hub. Today, in partnership with Phi Delta Kappa Magazine, we have the pleasure of speaking with Christopher J. McCarthy, Chair of the Department of Educational Psychology at the University of Texas at Austin College of Education. Thanks so much for joining us, Chris. Thank you very much, Keith. It's a pleasure. So today we're discussing your new article. It's published in the November 2019 issue of Kappa Magazine titled, Teacher Stress, Balancing Demands and Resources. It offers an in-depth look at the factors that contribute to teacher stress, and it details your own work over the course of a decade to better understand the interplay between teacher perceptions, demands, valuable resources, and stress. To start, could you explain what drew you to this line of inquiry? Yeah, that's a great uh, question. So I started this work in the early 2000s, right around the time that the uh, No Child Left Behind legislation was being introduced. And I've always been a stress researcher. I'm a counseling psychologist by degree, and I've done a lot of work with uh, college students and even um, younger students trying to understand how they cope. And around that time is when I started working with a colleague Richard Lambert at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte to better understand what is it that happens with teachers. Um, And we really wanted, we initially focused on elementary school teachers because they deal with the same classroom reality every day. So it was kind of a way to start understanding what's the teacher's environment like in a, with a group of teachers who kind of face the same realities each day. And can you give us maybe just a little bit of context as to what we knew about teacher stress or what the literature said about teacher stress prior to your research? Was this a big issue? I think it was a big issue. I think it's become increasingly more of an issue for the United States and really across the globe. So I think teaching has always been recognized as a demanding profession. 
that it's a very stressful potentially to be with a classroom of young people all day, every day, and um, meet not just their educational needs, but their, you know, all the other things that kids bring with them to the classroom, their social, emotional health, their family history, all of that kind of stuff plays out in the classroom. I think it's just as context has become an increasingly more stressful profession since we started doing this research. The accountability standards of which No Child Left Behind is an example is one. I think just the the kind of a combination of the teachers having many different things they have to deal with in the classroom, having a lot of oversight, and also I think, frankly, it's one of the few professions where as a society we really question what teachers are doing. And we kind of judge them about whether they're doing their jobs or not. And a lot of the legislation, at least in my view, really presupposes they need a lot of oversight or they won't do their jobs the right way. The other piece of that that we see is turnover in the profession. So that's something that's been recognized for several decades is that about one quarter of teachers leave their original position after only one year. So there's a, a high level of turnover that we think is very much linked to stress that's unusual for a profession that has that much training. It's very different than what we would expect to see in a field like engineering or medical school, where you'd expect almost everybody after their training to stay in those fields. But somehow teaching has a high level of turnover compared to professions like that. So in your research, which we're going to discuss in a second, were you hoping to answer any questions or fill any gaps in the literature? So the gap that we wanted to address in our research was to understand individual differences in stress. So the framework that we have used in our research is called the transactional model, and it views stress as a function of how we appraise our demands and resources in our everyday lives. So if our demands are very high in our appraisal, then we're more vulnerable to stress. And it's really a balancing act between appraisals of demands and resources. Being able to do that lets you understand not just that teaching is stressful, but which teachers find it most stressful. And we find a lot of variability even in the same building that teachers, some of them can be feel very resourced and able to cope with their jobs, and then some can feel highly demanded in the same building. And we think that's the contribution of our research is really being able to understand at a more granular level which teachers are most vulnerable to stress. So as you were just describing, you and your colleagues actually spent a decade developing a unique survey of classroom working conditions called Classroom Appraisal of Resources and Demands, or CARD. Could you give us an overview of what that survey contained and how it was administered? So it's basically just a a self-report survey. It's got just a list of items that we asked the teachers to list various aspects of their classroom or their teaching responsibilities that they find demanding. And we asked them to rate a bunch of them, uh, about 25 items in terms of how demanding they are from not demanding to extremely demanding. And so these range from features of their classroom, such as children with different needs, um, the number of children in the classroom. It ranges to administrative demands, like having to do paperwork, And then it also deals with demands that have to do with like classroom materials or the unavailability of those materials. So 
that's one dimension that's how demanding they find their classroom. And then the other part of the survey is about the same length. It's pretty short. It's about 20 items. And then we ask them about the helpfulness of various resources for them. And the helpfulness basically includes things like parent volunteers, parent support, administrators, school support personnel, so like school counselors, uh, school psychologists. And then we also ask about other teachers, their availability as mentors, and then finally material resources like instructional resources and then materials for students with special needs. So Basically, we kind of develop two scores for each teacher, how high are the demands and how high are the resources, and then we look for the difference between the two. So if the demands far outweigh the resources, that's when we hypothesize the teachers are most vulnerable to stress. And basically, we have a a pretty large norm group for the teachers of about a 1,000 teachers, and so we can pretty much say which statistically have higher demands than resources based on our norm group. And it's those teachers that we think are the most vulnerable to stress. And that's kind of what led us to our research, trying to look at different outcomes that could be associated with teachers being at risk for stress, having to do with their occupational health. And was this survey administered to teachers across the nation? And what kind of time frame were you looking at? Well, it's a research we've done really for the past 10 to 15 years. So as far as where we collect the data, since I'm based in Texas and my colleague is based in North Carolina, we've done a lot of samples with local groups of teachers in Texas and North Carolina. And um, then we've used other samples of teachers, for example, like advanced placement teachers who teach AP stats when my colleague was doing a workshop for them. So we've kind of capitalized on whatever teachers we could get access to in our own research to really develop the measure. And then um, second part of our research, we've actually used a national survey called the Schools and Staffing Survey, and we partnered with another colleague of Dr. Lambert's at the University of North Carolina, Charlotte, Dr. Paul Fitchett, because we found this national survey of teacher workforce conditions contained a lot of items that were similar to our CARD measure. And this allowed us to use a nationally representative sample of teachers and address the same questions about demands and resources. You mentioned in your Kappen article that 18 studies have been conducted using the card, and they all reported similar findings regarding teacher demands and stress. Could you walk us through what you and others have learned as a result of this work? Sure. As far as the studies we've done, we've collected samples with, as I mentioned, teachers in different geographic areas. We've collected research with teachers that teaching at different levels, so elementary, middle, high school. We've even done some international work. So one of our colleagues was in Germany and used a translated version of the card and some work with German teachers. And so every study doesn't yield the exact same findings, but I think across the board, what we found is support for the idea that teachers who have high demands in their classroom compared to their resources seem to report a very similar pattern of occupational health indicators. They report lower job satisfaction being in that high demand group. They report more symptoms of burnout. They don't necessarily meet the criteria for burnout itself, but they report more of the symptoms. They often report lower coping resources for themselves. So that would be like the psychological resources. 
They have personally to deal with stress. And then they also report to us that they're more likely to be thinking about leaving the profession. Um, so they demonstrate lower occupational commitment and a decreased likelihood to say they will be continuing in the profession the next year. You note in your article as well that experiencing stress is only one part of the story. Equally important is how teachers cope with that stress and also how schools recognize and support vulnerable teachers. Are there specific strategies or interventions that teachers, schools, or districts should consider in an attempt to either address or prevent teacher stress? Yeah, well, I'd say definitely uh, on that one. Some of my students have done some research doing groups for teachers in schools. So we do small groups for inside schools that basically very short-term groups of maybe 8 to 12 teachers for three or four sessions where we uh, talk with them about what stress is and some of our findings, but also the groups are kind of a place of support where they learn stress management techniques. It can be really straightforward things like deep breathing and relaxation techniques. It can also involve mindfulness, which basically is this type of intervention that helps people focus on the present moment and be aware of thoughts without judging them or, or having those thoughts cause them additional stress. There are definitely things you can do for teachers who are in the schools just as far as their own coping goes. Um, but a lot of our research has focused on like what kinds of supports schools might offer because we think a lot of what needs to happen is really not located at the teacher level. It's really located at the level of how the teacher's job is set up and what kinds of supports they have. And so examples of that are things like uh, mentoring for teachers, providing them more support in their first year in terms of like how many classroom assignments they have. One of the things the literature shows in K-12 through teaching is that sometimes the newest teachers get the toughest assignments. You know, the teachers with more seniority gravitate towards classrooms that are maybe the advanced placement classrooms or the advanced classes. And a lot of times the new teachers can get have the most challenging classroom. So part of what we call for is just more balancing and more support for teachers, particularly at those critical early couple of years when they're just starting and when they're all vulnerable to stress and reduced occupational health that could drive them out of the profession. So this article that we've been discussing is actually part of a larger issue of Kappa magazine that's centered on education and a stressed out nation. Following your own work, do you think there are opportunities in this realm for future research? What questions do you think we still need to answer? Yeah, well, that is itself a great question. I think one of the questions we have begun to explore is um, really a function of the diversity of U.S. schools. So I believe the statistics are that 80% of the teacher workforce are white females, but over 50% of public school students are in different minority groups, such as African-American, Latinx, Asian-American. So one of the things we've begun to ask questions about in our own research is how does that impact teacher stress? So if I'm a, a white teacher working in a predominantly non-white school, how prepared am I for the realities of that classroom uh, to address those students' needs? And then conversely, if I'm an African-American teacher working in a predominantly white school, how does that affect 
my stress level. Some of our research has shown that it is the majority white schools that overall have the less stress for teachers, and that could be a function of just the financial reality that in predominantly white neighborhoods, um, there still tends to be financially more resources. And so those, those schools generally have more resources to provide to teachers. But I think part of what we've been asking questions about is what else could be happening there in terms of culture and race and its impact on the work that teachers do. Another, um, I think, area that's really important for research that we've also begun thinking about is can we intervene earlier in teachers' work lives before they even get to the workplace, before they get to the classroom? So in teacher preparation programs, do we need to be paying more attention to stress and preparing teachers for that reality? Because we find that when we're working with teachers already in the middle of their jobs, many of them are already stressed out. So the Stress intervention techniques um, are helpful, but can feel sometimes like a Band-Aid where they're already stressed out and we're just helping them kind of hang on. So I think finding developmentally appropriate ways to introduce these ideas to teachers who are in training so they can prepare themselves and so it doesn't come as quite of a shock is another important area for research that we've begun to think about. Well, Chris, this is extremely fascinating work, and I want to encourage all of our listeners to go and read the full article. Again, it's titled Teacher Stress, Bouncing Demands and Resources, in the November 2019 issue of Phi Delta Cap and Magazine. And also for those who are interested in learning more about Chris's work on coping and stress, you can visit sites.edb.utexas.edu slash coping and stress. Chris J. McCarthy, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. For more episodes of this podcast, or to subscribe to this series, visit us at researchminutes.org. To share thoughts on today's episode, or to suggest future topics, follow us on Twitter at CPreHub. That's C-P-R-E-Hub.